good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whichever time you guys are checking out the first episode of The Xander Zone. I'm your host, Xander Scullion, and this is a nerd pop culture podcast. Wow, that was a little bit of a tongue twister. Uh, yeah, we'll be covering uh, TV shows, movies, comics, anime, video games, just a lot of stuff that I'm into. And wow, the first episode, we got a lot to cover. Uh, I'll be talking about not just one episode, but two episodes of Moon Knight, because as I'm recording this, episode two is just on the way, so I was like, you know what, I'll check out both episodes and then do a review. Of course, it will be non-spoiler. I'm also going to talk about the reboot of The Crow. Uh, this is kind of a hot topic in, in more ways than one. Also, content creator politics. I wanted to talk about content creator burnout and just a lot of stuff that kind of goes behind the scenes. And hey, if you're like me and you're a content creator, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Xander Scullion. If you have a YouTube channel, you'll probably feel exactly what I'm feeling. And this is just a way for us to kind of converse on that topic. And lastly, we'll be ending the show with a little Q&A and a little special announcement as well. Okay, so the first topic I want to talk about is this content creator burnout politics it's almost like a fight club notion uh you know every once in a while i'll go on twitter and a content creator will post you know kind of kind of venting about you know uh, content they're making and it's just not growing and you know what's really weird is that's almost like an unspoken rule uh for a lot of people that you're not supposed to do that like it's a weird thing that it's almost like in bad taste to vent about your channel now I think it really depends on who you surround yourself with, uh, what kind of community you have. But for the most part, I've had I've had moments where I have vented before and got backlash. Believe it or not, I've I've had people tell me, you know, uh, you should just be grateful you have viewers, or uh, they use this weird, this weird condescending uh, statement of, "Well, I just do this as a hobby." And to me, you know, that could be kind of a, a bullshit statement. It's kind of a scapegoat in the sense that, you know, if their channel never gets big, oh, I'm just, I'm just doing it as a hobby. If it gets big, oh, I was just doing this channel as a hobby. It's kind of like, you know, whatever happens, this is how it is. And that's fine. Some people feel that way, but there are a lot of people that kind of gatekeep that hobby and they kind of try to project their own idealism on other people. And it causes a lot of drama. It causes a lot of YouTube drama. And let me tell you, that's a great segue into YouTube drama. I think this is the worst poison that uh, YouTube has. And, you know, people do love drama. And I've seen a lot of content creators who went out there. They tried to have a channel. It didn't go up to their expectations like I was talking about earlier. And they decide to attack some of the content creators they looked up to. They will make a video ranting about this person and they will gain an audience of other like-minded individuals. Well, let me tell you, those like-minded individuals are not your actual audience. They're vultures. And this is where the drama gets really bad in YouTube because people have this false security that their channel is growing. So whenever they do get out of the drama or whenever the well runs dry and they start making the original content that their channel was intended for, everyone that was watching that drama goes somewhere else. They go to whatever other drama is happening. So I, I just want to say that if you ever 
feel this way towards content creators, reach out to them. Just talk to them on Twitter if something really bothers you. Uh, I think making videos and trying to stir the pot is in really bad taste, in my opinion, because it does uh, project what others may think of you in the future. And if you're someone who's trying to get into some sort of industry, uh, this could definitely blacklist you. So just keep that in mind. And, you know, I'll say this. If you're making content and you're feeling depressed that you're not getting the growth that you're looking for, I want, I want you to always remember this that you're doing something that regardless of how many channels are on YouTube, there's just as many people in the world that don't have the guts to have a YouTube channel. They don't have that mentality to get in front of the camera or to learn audio editing or video editing, graphic design. There are so many uh, doorways towards actual careers just from forming that YouTube hobby. And you know, I'll be honest, I compare creating content a lot to be in a band because I've been playing music all my life and it has a lot of similarities. Just like content creators, musicians have different mentalities of what they judge as success and how they want to be successful. Uh, there are musicians, you know, that don't mind just playing in garages, you know, playing on the weekends, maybe go into a little hole in the wall bar that all their friends hang out at and that's fine. Some people though, they, they want to start off and, you know, go from those humble beginnings and move forward. And uh, I think that's where a lot of lost translation comes in when it comes to content creators. I, people need to understand that everyone has their own motives. And uh, if you don't agree with their motives, uh, is it really worth tarnishing your reputation, tarnishing your, you know, outlook that people see within your channel? Uh, so... Sometimes it's good just to get in front of the camera and say what you need to say and just don't upload the video. Get, get it out of your system because sometimes it's really not worth it. By all means, I am no expert when it comes to YouTube, especially when it comes to growth, but I have been through a lot uh, making content for almost 10 years now. I've seen a lot of things and I see a lot of people making a lot of mistakes that I made when I was, uh, you know, um, a more rookie content creator and I was a lot more emotional and uh, there was a lot of damage I did in the past, you know, getting into those drama wars and, and people, you know, flinging stuff back and forth and just trying to get that growth. Because guess what? YouTube really congratulates this because of how YouTube signifies growth. They signify growth by view time. A lot of people may think it's subscribers or even actual views on the video, but that's furthest from the truth. Now, having a large subscriber base does have its perks like say you know you're trying to get a game to review i mean that company is more likely to reach out to you or let you have a game to review if you have like say 30,000 subscribers instead of like 306 subscribers but overall it's really view time that youtube really uh champions when it comes to youtube growth a great example would be the fact that you know a lot of us have to say you know hey don't forget to subscribe and hit that bell and a lot of that's because we're trying to work with the system and people can actually see our videos on the front page because let's face it if the video isn't on the front page on their browser they're probably not going to click on it they're probably not going to go out of their way to look for you. And YouTube has this weird algorithm that, you know, if you're watching a certain kind of content, that's what's going to show up on the front page because they want you to keep watching as much as you can to keep feeding that algorithm. So, yes, when everyone starts making videos about the same topic, uh, it's not that they're, quote unquote, selling out, but they're trying to 
grow their channel. I mean, that's the whole point of YouTube is trying to, you know, entertain and, and grow content. But before I get to the next topic, I think the last closing words I want to talk about with this, you know, YouTube content creation talk. And if you enjoy these sort of discussions, uh, definitely uh, let me know. But look at your analytics really look at some of your numbers sometimes and realize that some of the things that you may enjoy doing on your channel is ultimately not helping your channel and sometimes you have to make some really uh, tough decisions uh myself you know i have an, another podcast excess gaming podcast and for the longest time i uploaded those whole episodes onto youtube and that was actually hurting my channel because see what was happening is I was uploading a podcast that was around an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours long. And folks were only listening to maybe like four or five minutes total of that podcast. And collectively that was making my view time go down. And that was actually pushing my channel down from other people finding my content. So I had to make that choice. I know there were people that, you know, want to listen to the whole podcast on YouTube and while i have the podcast on other platforms just like the xander zone this podcast I, I know there's people that would rather just listen to the whole episode on youtube but unfortunately it actually does better to cut it into segments and upload it 10 minute tops little clip helps your view time that helps everything and if they really enjoy it maybe they'll go and listen to you on spotify itunes or iheart whatever other podcatcher there is out there it can't rain all the time something that i've always had echoing in my mind whenever anything in real life actually was going upside down i would remember a quote from a movie that i absolutely love that was released in 1993 uh, the Crow, based off the graphic novel from James O'Barr in 1989, that tells the story of Eric Draven and his uh, fiance, who were both brutally murdered, and Eric Draven's sorrow causes him to come back from the dead with the power of a crow to have revenge on all these bad guys and to rest in peace. It's almost... You know, The Crow is almost like a superhero slasher movie because he goes after every single bad guy, one after the other, and every kill is something kind of unique. So that is, you know, that's something that I think that's really interesting about The Crow. I've always loved that movie, and I think myself and many were very surprised, but not really, and I'll get into that, about the announcement on April Fool's Day that Bill Skarsgård is going to be Eric Draven in a new reboot of the Crow movie. And of course, The Crow, released in 93, has a awful tragic stigma to it that uh, Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, uh, passed away during the filming of that movie. Uh, he actually passed away in the town that I live in. I, I live five minutes away from the hospital that he passed away at, and it was such a tragic tragic event and um, just something that should have never happened but with that being said there's a certain sort of uh, tribute and there's certain kind of essence to the crow movie that s makes many people think that it's completely untouchable that series should you know stay in the vault and not be touched and the crow is what it is so when there's ever a mention of a remake of the crow a lot of people are not too happy about that idea i i was really not happy 
when they were talking about the Crow reboot uh, and hiring Jason Moa as Eric Draven. I'm like, oh, I don't think that's going to be Eric Draven because if you have read the graphic novel, uh, you know, Eric Draven kind of has like a Joan Jet haircut and like the body style of Iggy Pop. He's like this rock and roll slender guy and complete opposite of Jason Moa. And I don't think he would lose weight for... A, a movie like this he would pretty much look like aquaman with makeup maybe like lobo and of course there were like some terrible sequels of the crow uh you know city of angels was decent uh, salvation was probably the best out of the sequels in my opinion wicked prayer we just don't talk about that and the tv show was just kind of weird the tv show was very 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 weird it was almost like he had the incredible hulk kind of powers in the tv show like when he would like transform into crow mode and he would like come out with his face paint like he didn't put the face paint on it was like it was like a freaking morphin time bitch but but yeah i'm, I'm going around in circles here because what i want to go back to is the fact that should this movie be remade should the crow continue with another actor playing eric draven would this be some sort of, you know, uh, insult to the legacy of Brandon Lee? I have to say yes and no, okay? Uh, one thing that I don't think anyone's really talking about that I was the most kind of offended, uh, not just the news of a Crow reboot, uh, that didn't offend me. It was the fact that we were getting the news just a couple of days after the anniversary of Brandon Lee's death. Uh, I believe Brandon Lee passed away on March 29th, and this Crow reboot was announced on April Fool's, uh, you know, the 1st of April. So, and I believe this was the either the 29th or the 30th anniversary. I believe it's the 29th anniversary of the Crow. So, yeah, that was, in my opinion, kind of kind of bad taste. But what a lot of people need to understand when it comes to the Crow is yes, Brendan Lee will always be a part of the crow and nothing will ever change that movie. And that movie will always be as amazing as it is. You can watch it a million times. Nothing will ever change that. Uh, but also when you know the history of the crow, the series, like its origins, the fact that this, this series came out, this graphic novel came out by James O'Barr who wrote this because of his grief, his pain when his uh, fiance was killed by a drunk driver, he was Eric Draven. And I think an emotional message like that, if it can transcend to a, another era, to another generation of people, I think people need to know about it. And sometimes movies are the best way. Now, I know you can say, well, you, I'll just show them, you know, the original Crow movie. I mean, and I, I agree. I mean, all it would take is uh, TikTok to have like a clip of the Crow and all, everyone that's like under the age of 20 will go out and watch the Crow at that point. Movies are a great pathway to those kind of hobbies, to a graphic novel, to video games and what have you. Movies are a great way to get introduced to a series because... You know, it, it it's at the most maybe three hours if it's a Batman movie at this point. But, I mean, you just have a couple of hours to spare and you have this new inf information and maybe a new uh, hobby, like a new thing that you're into. You know, like, wow, I really enjoyed the Crow movie so much that now I need to go and read the graphic novel. Now I need to learn more about the Crow lore. And I think that's a lot easier with new movies with brand new actors that a younger generation can connect with. It could become their experience 
like we had our experience. So that's where I agree that the movie could be remade by now. Uh, if it's done right, it needs to most importantly uh, not just honor Brandon Lee's legacy because, like I said, he'll always be a part of Eric Draven now, but also respect and give tribute to James O'Barr. Uh, the creator of the series. I think that would be the most important thing. And, you know, the original movie had a lot of changes from the original graphic novel. So one of the things I like about remakes is I like it when they do change certain things. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but that's why it's a remake. I mean, if it was just, you know, shot from shot, The Crow 93 with just a different actor, I think that would just be horrible. Like, that's not what I want. But, you know, they changed a lot of the original story, including the way, you know, Eric Draven and his fiance were brutally murdered. I mean, some people feel this way with uh, Heath Ledger and the Joker. Really, really interesting because, you know, yes, he died during the production of that movie. I think the movie was already done. I think they were editing it. Heath Ledger was making another movie that I cannot remember off the top of my head, but he was actually making another movie. The Dark Knight wasn't his last movie. But a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, he's the Joker, and he passed away, and no one else can play the Joker. I mean, if we really thought about this, then what about Cesar Romero? He passed away before everyone else, and we still had Jokers. The Joker is beyond actors. Nothing... Again, just like Brandon Lee with Eric Draven, nothing can take away Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker in The Dark Knight. That's a huge, huge, spectacular piece of cinema right there. But the Joker evolves. The Joker is bigger than just movies and comics. I mean, he's one of the most famous villains of all time, one of the most beloved villains of all time. You can't go to a Comic-Con or any sort of convention without seeing at least one person Dresses the, you know, Prince of Crime. But I think that Bill Skarsgård, I think he's a great actor. And I think if given the right source material, the right writing, the great director. And I think that Bill Skarsgård would be a great choice for Eric Draven. I think he's a great actor. I could see him being Eric Draven. I just hope this movie has a good director. I hope it has a good uh, production team. And most importantly, I hope they follow the source material and give the respect to not only the crow from James O'Barr, but also the legacy of Brandon Lee. There's a lot going on this movie, and I, I wish them the best. I really do. But speaking of superheroes, let's talk about Moon Knight, a new show on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to be talking about episode one and two, and I won't be diving into spoilers. As a matter of fact, I probably won't have spoiler talk for Moon Knight until the first season is over. This is a short series, around six episodes or so, and I'll be honest, I love this format with Disney+. Plus. Uh, Disney+, Plus has been doing this with, of course, The Mandalorian and uh, The Book of Boba Fett and a couple of other Marvel shows where it's just a couple of episodes. They last maybe like an hour, hour and a half tops, and they're released weekly, which I really do enjoy this. I am, I'm old school. I remember you know, waiting on a certain day to watch a TV show. And if you didn't watch it, uh, man, if you didn't record it, you missed out. And I like the fact that it gives me something during the week to look forward to. I'm like, oh man, it's Wednesday. Time for another episode of Moon Knight. Because as much as I love binge watching uh, television shows on Netflix, man, there are people out there that will stare and they will watch a whole season and go online and just spoil it 
uh, from left to right, and I, I'm not a big fan of that. Now, Moon Knight is really interesting because it is a Marvel superhero I'm not too familiar with. I've heard of Moon Knight, but I never really dived into the whole Moon Knight lore, so this is all kind of new to me, and honestly, this is a great approachable television show for someone like myself who hasn't watched every single Marvel movie, because as much as I love the MCU, unfortunately, you have to know what's going on in the universe to enjoy new projects, and that can be kind of a hindrance if you say I've only watched a couple of Marvel movies. I really like the first episode to Moon Knight. It gave you just enough that you had tons of questions. It was slowly unraveling with each and every act. I mean, the story with Oscar Isaac playing the main character of Moon Knight, which is like this character who has a split personality so far. Uh, you know, he, he's a museum gift shop owner but he's also this other guy named mark who is like a mercenary it's really weird and you have a lot of moments where you have a lot of time lapses where he'll be doing something everything goes black all of a sudden boom he just beat the hell out of some bad guy and i thought that was really cool and of course diving into egyptian mythology i was like man this is this is really cool this is like the nutty professor meets batman so yes the first episode kind of has almost as much of a horror movie as a Disney Plus show in the MCU could be, it has some horror elements to it that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, slowly unraveling until the very end where you see the first uh, you know, clip of the Moon Knight uh, beating the hell out of a jackal. That, that's all I'm going to say. Like I said, I don't want to spoil too much. Episode 2, I will say, though, answers a lot of questions, and... I am really, really looking forward to it. I love the cinematography. I love the acting. It's not too much of that MCU shoehorn uh, sense of humor. There is some sense of humor, especially when, you know, Oscar Isaac, when he's getting the voices in his head and stuff like that. You, you definitely have that almost like Venom kind of feel with Tom Hardy and Venom. But I, I could see them doing something with that later on and having a couple of laughs. I mean, it is Disney. It is the MCU. They do like to lighten up the mood with, with some humor, something that might spark out a meme for the next week or so. But I do like the overall tone of Moon Knight. I've been really enjoying that. Now, when I made the announcement of starting the Xander Zone podcast, I did go on Twitter and ask if anyone had any uh, questions, like a Q&A. And so I have a little bit of questions on Twitter I'm going to answer. And you can follow me on Twitter at Xander Scullion. Also, you can send a, an audio uh, message or question. You can email me at XanderZonePodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's XanderZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, the first question is from Simon Stevens. Says, as I've asked you this before, but I'll ask again. What is your favorite Ease game? Why? Mine is Ease 8, but no pressure. Doesn't matter what happens to the last guy I asked. Um, you know, when it comes to the Ease series, I, I have to say Ease 8. You're not wrong, Simon. Uh, Ease 8 is an amazing, amazing action RPG. As a matter of fact, anyone who's new to the Ease series, I would probably have them to play Ease 8, to be honest. Uh... I liked E7 a lot, but I feel like E8 took everything from E7 and made it even better, especially being able to change out your characters. But 
Another Ease title that I really enjoy is the remake of Ease 3 on the PSP and PC. And of course, I'm calling, I'm talking about uh, Oath of Vangana. Uh, that's an excellent Ease title. And a matter of fact, so many Ease games are on the PSP that that's like my Ease console is the PSP. Rather, it's through emulation or OG hardware. There are so many great titles on that platform, and it's a handheld too, so it's pretty convenient. Tyler asks, what game do you keep replaying no matter how many times you finished it? You know, um, Super Mario World or Super Mario 3, those two are my comfort food games. You know, we have those games that we go back to, and at least once a year, I play Super Mario 3 or Super Mario World, uh, either or, sometimes both. Uh, during the holiday season, because it makes me very nostalgic, it makes me think of my grandpa. My grandpa was a huge gamer. He's the one who got me into video games. Matter of fact, at my uh, desk right now, but I'm doing the podcast at, I have his copy of Missile Command, which was the very first video game I ever played. That's what I have. I have that copy, and it means so much to me, but no matter what's going on in life, I can play Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World, and I'm just back to the holiday season of the, the the early 90s. It's just very, very special. Now, Kula D asked a couple of questions. He says, first off, he says, I love asking questions for Q&As. The problem is I ask so many and such ridiculous questions that most people just wonder what kind of person would do such a thing. You've been warned. So, yeah, he's got a couple of questions. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Uh, the first question is, uh, where is the best place to iron pants? You know what? I would say probably your bedroom. That would probably be a good spot. If the number three was a color, what color would it be? Um, you know what? I would think it would be uh, red because you got red, blue, and green. Those are like the three main colors, and I, I think uh, number three would be red. Does, to does your toilet paper go under or over the roll? Um, over. I I don't understand why people do the under thing. Where it's just really weird. Over all the way. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie roll pop? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I believe you know what? I believe it's uh seventy six. I believe it's seventy six. Uh, I I think I got that question before, and I looked it up on Google, and I think it's seventy six. They use like some weird like tongue AI robot to like lick a sucker and count how many looks but anyway um pop question mark i'll say soda i i call pop soda uh bagel everything bagel bagels are the best uh what is corn corn is a um a vegetable or a band that helped pioneer the new metal movement and why are the ducks bellowing bellowing i have no clue of course, he asked a couple other he asked a, a couple other outlandish questions, and I absolutely love it. And he says, "What is the strangest thing you ever plugged into the clapper?" Not entirely sure what the clapper is. I should have looked that up. I think Coolity. Uh, I think he might be over the pond. That sounds very, very uh, Europe. The clapper or orange is the best fruit to juggle. Uh, I think so. They're the most symmetrical. If Cookie Monster approached you wanting cookies, what kind of cookies would you give him? Uh, you know, I have some cookies in my cupboard right now. It would probably be white chocolate macadamia. But, you know, there was a time that Cookie Monster wasn't eating cookies. He was eating vegetables. 
They, I, I think that was a couple of years ago when they were really trying to push kids getting healthy. I think it was trying to tackle the whole obesity, and they were like, Cookie Monster can't eat cookies anymore. Favorite muffin? Pistachio muffins. What is the best width of a tube? I have no idea. And do I believe in UFOs? Absolutely. That's something I do want to tackle. That is something I want to tackle on this podcast because I tried to have a uh, paranormal podcast, but the format that I was trying to go after, uh, I I didn't really get a whole lot of reception from it, so I, I stopped after the second episode. But I might... Let some of those ideas bleed through on uh, this podcast. Matter of fact, if you have a ghost story and you would love to tell a little short ghost story, uh, email me at uh, xanderzonepodcast at gmail.com. Now, the last question that Coolity asks, if an alien spaceship landed on your house and some extraterrestrials came out of the spaceship and spoke perfect English, or even a Wookiee language, and came down to your door and offered you a cake and some tea, what would be the first question you would ask them? I would ask them what kind of tea it is. Um, Because I would really like Earl Grey. That's my favorite tea. That's the one tea I do enjoy drinking hot. I like green tea, don't get me wrong, but Earl Grey. Oh my God, with a, with a little bit of milk, a little bit of honey, you're good to go. So anyway, guys, this concludes the first episode of the Xander Zone podcast. I want to thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. I'm going to be talking about the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. I'm definitely going to be doing a review of that. I'm also going to be talking about whatever gaming news is going on. And it looks like we got some new uh, Gundam news as well. There's a new Gundam series or movie coming out in October. I'm going to let that unfold just a little bit more before I start talking about that. But that, I'm a big Gunpla guy. I love my uh, Gundam models. So I'm looking forward to a new line of models to tie in with this show. And that might even be another topic for the next episode. But anyway, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. See you next time.